collections. Collections. So, so anything you collect. Uh, there, I collect. I'm not talking about collecting like stamps, where it's like there's no use for this. It's a collection of like things that have a purpose in your life. Yeah, I mean, I, I collect memories. Mm-hmm. Um, I collect uh, friends and acquaintances. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I collect jo- joke answers to questions. I collect uh, joke answers to to, an- uh, to to questions, and I also uh, collect puns. Mm. I would say that I'm a collector of puns. Um, no, I, I don't think I. Uh, I don't think I have. Like collect anything. I mean, are you the type who, did, as a kid, did you ever collect anything? Not really. I mean, I, re- I remember I held on to like Mad magazines. Mm. Um, and uh, but I don't did you know. think they would ha- go up in value? Not really. I mean, I think I knew that they wouldn't, but I, for some reason I did. Actually, for a while, I will say this: for a while, for maybe like maybe close to ten years, I collected New Yorker covers. Really? Yeah. Just the cover. Just the covers. After you I read rip the off the cover. I'd rip off the cover. Well, wait, hang, hang on. How old? Wait, this is like you're in your adulthood? <laughs> I mean, in my 20s. In my 20s, I did this. Uh, yeah. And I... You weren't a precocious teenager ripping covers off of a New Yorker subscription. No, I... I, I yeah, no, this was my own personal subscription, and I would keep the covers. Okay. And I would... Not the whole magazine. For I, years. For years. And do what with those covers? I Just to hold on to them, just to go back through them every once in a while. And then I... And then occasionally, a couple of them, in like I... a file folder? Yeah, I had them in a file folder. Huh. In, like, in the, the, the little plastic bin that I also had, like, put my tax forms in. Yeah. And, you know, I, I had a, a big folder of New Yorker covers. Okay. Um, and... Uh, I would frame a couple of them, and, and so in various departments in my twenties, I would have a, like three or four. That's a very you in your twenties thing to do. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. See. Okay. And then, um, it, and then I, you know, stopped putting them up, and I stopped collecting them at a certain point. But it took me a while to throw them all away. Right, because uh, it was a it was a collection. It was a collection, it was a and it's also like, I, I, and I even kept them with the address label. So I, mm. I was thinking back on the different apartments where I lived, where I'd gotten those uh, magazines. So. Yeah, that was something I collected. That, but I guess it's that's closer to stamps than like watches. I guess so. Yeah, I well, I think it's interesting this overlap between like a collection of things that you just have because you like to look at them. I think collecting stamps is silly, but if you collected stamps, you wouldn't think so. It's like, hey, look at my stamp collection. But if you have a collection of like watches, you have like a lot of them. Mm-hmm. I have one. I have one watch, and I wear it every day I, I guess i have two if you want to count the timex the um uh, iron man triathlon sports watch right mm-hmm. which but the point is I, I i like having one of something and then not having to worry about that thing anymore yeah right? whereas there it seems to be very common for people to for some aspect that they of, of a thing that they they like to continue acquiring versions of that slight very vi- variations of, so this reminds me like for example it's one thing to say, oh, I need some dress shoes, and I need, you know, I need kind of shoes of different types. But it's like the woman who has, um, you know, 10 or 20 pairs of, like, black heels. Right. And, like, she knows the differences. There are differences. She knows when to wear particular pairs. For particular, but for most people, it'd just be like, those all look very similar. Right. Right. But it's like there's something for that person. There's something about acquiring black heels of slight variations for, for increasingly uh, nuanced purposes right no i would i would want to maybe i think we're veering 
territory that we, we, we might not be able to, to, to speak on uh, very well, talking about women and shoes, uh-huh. right? Women, what's yeah. the deal with them? What's the deal with shoes? Them yeah, having so, so many shoes? But but I would say actually speaking of Seinfeld, so so Seinfeld <laughs> and like Jay Leno, I think are famous for having uh, being car collectors. Right. And I, I've always found that weird. I mean, okay. I guess it's just like a, a rich guy affect. Right. It's like so I have all this of, money. Let's and ignore just, the money part. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying, like they for them the amount of money to buy a car is like the amount of money for us to buy a I don't know a shirt or something. Okay. Like it's just like it's not an it's not an extraordinary expense for them. Sure. Okay. But that aside, that aside, you're saying it's weird. It, yeah, it's like I mean, how many cars? I mean, I, I. That's what I'm getting at. Like, how many cars do you need? How many cars do you? And, and how what, many cars are you going to take pleasure in? Right. And like, how many do you need to? Even if you want some exotic cars, you want to. I can understand to some rough approximation. Okay, I'm going to have a sports car. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have an SUV. Right. I'm going to have the minivan. But again, to take this the is kids. like this is like. You know, when they have like women dozens. have so many shoes, but it's like, well, each one's kind of different. You know, you've right. got the the sneakers and the this kind of shoe and the, that kind of shoe, and you've got kind of like one or two of each one. But we're talking about like, you know, the person when it comes to a car collection, it's it's commonly like a whole bunch of Porsches, right? Right. Like it's like it's right, like, right. It's like a whole bunch of pickup trucks, or it's a whole bunch of you know uh, Japanese sports cars, or whatever. Whatever, like, whatever is, the yeah. thing, whatever the thing is. You know, I, I know a guy who follows a bunch of collectors of like um vintage land rovers and there are people who just have a whole bunch of vintage land rovers and they like to i can understand being interested in having a vintage right but i would want to buy a vintage land rover and have that be like the one that i love and care for right not have 10 of them right it's like um sometimes my wife and i talk about this with regard to like how like the stuff our kids have and we call it the the one trick the one truck principle hmm. and this is just me this is like a a weak memory of some article i read 15 years ago so what else are we but yeah. weak memories <laughs> take, of articles we take read this with a giant 15 years ago salt, salt but the idea was some study this is just i'm just making this up but some study comparing uh you know kids who had you know one truck from kids who had 10 or 20 trucks to play with like okay. to- toy trucks right and it turned out, I mean, not surprising, that the kid who had one truck loved that truck because that's the only truck he had. So he just, sure. he just, you know, it was special to him and so on. And the kid who had 10 trucks didn't feel that way about anything. And this idea being like, more isn't always better. It's, it, sometimes it's a diffusion of your attention. You you have more less joy in life because it's, in in this case, spread across all these different trucks you don't love any of them Mm. and so with regard to like our kids having toys you know there's an impulse like at christmas or or whatever to like oh let's get them a million presents but then you get a million presents and they can't enjoy them all it's Mm. better to concentrate you can only play with one present you can only play with one one truck at a time yeah um so in this case i feel like if i were to get a bunch of porsches eventually it's like it just becomes kind of like this giant collection, this 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 th- this yeah. thing. And I feel like that's a. I I have a sense of you know like, like the millennials and other in generations uh, who are more now maybe this is just because of economic circumstances, but are more uh, prone towards experiences than things. Right, that's mm. the whole trope that's in the media right that's now. A, that's a trope. Do you think that's true? Uh, I think it's. I think we've it's, been dealing with a bunch of interns, for example. Do you think that's true among? The like twenty somethings that we've been talking to. I think to? so. Yeah. I think I think to I think to a large degree, and they, they think about they think about their life not about what can I acquire, but what 
uh, where can I go and show off where I've been via Instagram. Okay, so right. the thing you're acquiring is the photo of you at, at yeah. uh, in Kuala Lumpur. Right, right. Okay. And, and, and I think that that has more that's value. That's an interesting, because is, there is a collection aspect to that. There is. And that, that's like, well, I was, maybe when I was saying it, I, I try to collect memories. It's, I try to collect uh, Instagram photos, right? right? Um, but I, 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 but I, I wonder if like the equivalent of like, uh, so Jay Leno, you know, famous comedian of his day, very financially successful, uses his wealth to buy, uh, you know, I think he has like, not just a handful of cars, I think he has like a hundred cars, or he has some, yeah, like, it's, or very it big, hundreds. I yeah, don't, maybe hundreds, but yeah. he, he's known for having, and that's like kind of weird, but like, uh, in, in my book, um, but could the, um, well, the John Mulaney, uh, or the, 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 the famous comedian uh, of, of a much younger generation, will, uh, when he has the wealth, will he use it to buy, you know, a hundred cars? Right. Um, or will it be more about experiences? Will it be more about what have you? You know what I mean? Will it, um, Maybe collections are not that um, common even among Leno's generation. You know what I mean? Like, right. So maybe it's, he is Maybe he's just the exception because he's able to and interested in cars and so he likes to do that that's his thing but i want i wonder if it's not a generational thing but but that's 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 well possible. okay i'm taking that back though because i know i do know that like for children of parents of the sorry children whose parents lived through the depression so like mm-hmm. basically like the boomers or probably the generation before them but like you know people whose parents were like through the depression or the um world war ii they lived in a time when stuff was rare, right? right. When when objects scarcity, were, scarcity, yeah. objects were hard to come by, and so right. every and so the idea that you could have too much stuff was such a crazy idea in the you know in in in, in the depression, let's say, and so that gets kind of passed on as a way of being, and so this idea of like well you got to hold on to everything because hmm. you know you're you're gonna run out of stuff, and so there's sort of a natural hoarding impulse, which I think then gets diverted into like, like in the same way that sports is sort of like domesticated war, right. domesticated violence. I feel like collecting is domesticated hoarding. <laughs> Whereas hoarding is, you know, unhealthy, it's right. not, you know, but it, but it comes from, it, it comes from something deep in the human, in the, you know, in the animal condition to like gather and, and, and hold resources. Right. And right. like collection is just that, <clears throat> collecting is that, pointed at a specific, you know, group of something. But that's interesting. Though. But I, so I do wonder, though, is if, if in, you know, this whole on-demand culture that we're in now and the, the whole um, uh, sharing economy uh, notion. Which, which, I mean, this, I know, this I will be a topic in the future. Yeah. I hate that phrase. I know. The sharing, know. the gig economy. The gig, no, not the gig economy so much, but sharing the sharing economy. So, like, so it's... You're right. Gig gig is at least a uh, commercial transaction. Sharing implies, like, oh, here, let me share my uh, black Honda Accord with you. No, yeah, it's not the... So it's not sharing, but maybe it's, like, the renting economy, uh-huh. right? So it's the... Yeah, the subscription economy, the, the on-demand yeah. economy. The on-demand economy is probably... Uh, on-demand or... I saw an ad for something in the subway that was subscribed to your furniture. The idea of being, it's basically, it's like you pay some, a monthly fee or whatever, and then they, I guess you can swap out your couch whenever you want. Huh. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but, that, I mean, that, there is I like that phrase. I like that line. Yeah. Even though I find that kind of abhorrent. Yeah, as a, sure. As a model. Um, you're a model? As a model, as a, as a model of living. Uh, no, no, so this, this idea, like, I, so why would you need 
60 Porsches as long as you have a service where you could right. always you have... Get, you get any Porsche you want at any time. Yeah. yeah. And you could get any vintage, you know, uh, uh, Forerunner. What was it? Not Forerunner. Land Rover. Land Rover uh, that, you, that you'd want out on demand. And right. so I don't need to own... I, I don't need to be Jay Leno and have 100 of these in my garage. I feel like that's scratching two different itches, though. Yeah? Yeah. Well... I mean, I guess it's it like the, what you're talking you don't about. need to own your own private jet. You just need to subscribe to NetJet, right. right? True. For things that are just pure practical means to an end, I think that's I think that's a good model, right? For things where the delivery of it is perfect, like a digital movie, um, that's a good model. But I think collection is this. It scratches this itch of like it's mine. I can love and care for it. I get to choose what happens to it. It's it's like a it's like a garden. Right, yeah, like I can, you, I can you, you, you sit kind of, back and admire it. Yeah, it's like that's part of what you're doing is enjoying the fact that it's yours, and so you don't like the idea that your thing you collected is out being used by other people, and like there's a chance that it could get damaged, and you don't know what condition it'll come back in, and the the one you got last time is not the same as the one you got this time, and and when you find one you particularly like for any reason, it's like well everything's kind of anonymized. It it, right. it, it rewards uniformity and 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 sort of. Um, uh, like componentization mm. of whatever the thing is. Right. So it sounds like what I was describing is more about renting an experience and what you're getting at what collection, what a collecting, or I'm sorry, what collecting or what a collection does for somebody is it solves a different problem of, it, or it addresses a different need, a need to own, a need to I think acquire. it has to do with the, the re- your relationship to these objects. Yeah. But yes, I'm, I agree with you. It's like collecting is about it's about something like it's it's about something about your your relationship to these objects and having them under your umbrella under your domain and in your domain exactly yeah. uh, whereas we, yeah i have you know i don't own a car but right. i you have access to I have a access fleet to, of, to a fleet of any lyft or uber that right. i want yeah i think i think this is very interesting because there's obviously a trend now toward access and i feel like the places where access makes sense where paying for access makes sense seem to be fields where the cost of ownership, your needs are variable enough that the cost of ownership um, is annoying. Mm. I don't know a better way to put it, but it's like it's not like it's not worth it. Um, maybe it's not worth it, but it's more like you just don't want to put up with it. You will pay the subscription not to have the carrying costs in terms of it might be like a mental headache even, like owning a car versus just going with Ubers, right? If you own a car, you have to put gas in it and do oil changes and other maintenance and worry about parking and get it get the uh, inspection done every year and get the you know what insurance I mean? and yeah and, and you have to pay for insurance and like all those things add up to just like stuff on your to-do list whereas if you pay for us for an uber subscription or uh, whatever just uber on demand none of those things are even on your to-do list right so you can reduce a bunch of those things to zero so that's one thing where it's just like reducing your kind of anxiety level around that to zero, there's a value in that. And the other is a thing where stuff changes a lot. So software, for example. The reason why more and more companies are moving away from a buy it once, run it forever software model. It used to be you buy the box of software because you know you, there was no internet. You go to your, your electronics store, you buy your box of software, you install it, and it works forever. And if you get patches or upgrades, you know those 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 come along, and then you buy the next version, right? And the problem was that then 
companies would have this would feel this obligation to fix bugs while getting no additional money from the customer. And now, because software changes so quickly, because uh, you know, yeah, feature updates and stuff, but also bug fixes takes money. You have to pay the developers. You have to, you know, it takes money to to patch bugs. But because in in our in our in the modern world, especially, there's a real um, fixing bugs, security flaws is a non-optional thing, but it costs money. So software companies like Adobe famously went from being a, um, you know, you sell Photoshop uh, for, you know, a sticker price of $600 or whatever. No one pays that, almost. Um, highly pirated and so on. Now they've moved to a subscription model where you have $50 a month and you have access to everything. And mm -hmm. by all accounts, that's been very successful. Um, it's kind of like how many apps in the app stores right. now are free, quote unquote. And then you but pay, in order to actually, to actually act, you know, make use of it, you have to pay a subscription you, because they don't want you to pay ninety nine cents or five ninety nine forever. Have it forever. They want you to right. be locked into. So there. it's this idea of like having access to the latest version of fill in the blank, right? That's what you're really paying for. The latest access of furniture, right? So in this case, the premise of that startup is well, people want to have, I guess. Because if all you ever wanted to have was like find the perfect couch for you and have it forever, then you would buy it. Mm -hmm. But maybe it's like when yours gets stained and damaged, you can swap it in for a new one. I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Doesn't. But anyway. All right. Next topic.